The best sport on the planet. Oh, the action, the speed, the hits. I love the fights. The raucous crowds. Yes! Badminton. Uh, no, dill holes. Hockey! This is the Two Pad Stack. Where we dive deep into all things NHL and then some. If it's the Boston Bruins, we talk about the ups, the downs, and everything in between. But we're not stopping there. We're also tossing in some Patriots pigskin, gaming glory, dad jokes, and all things pop culture. Because why the hell not? It's our show. As two diehard Bruins fans who also happen to strap on the pads in beer league hockey, they know a thing or two about the game. Whether you're a longtime hockey lunatic like us or just looking for a good time, you're in the right place. This is the Two Pad Stack. Now your hosts, Ace and Burge. Welcome to episode 29 of the Two Pad Stack Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in partnership with the Hockey Podcast Network and our friends at SeatGeek. If you're looking to attend a live event near you and haven't checked out the secondary ticket market, check out SeatGeek. While you're doing that, use promo code 2PADSTACKPOD. Today's episode is brought to you also in partnership with DraftKings. The crown is yours. Use promo code THPN at DraftKings. I'm your host, Ace. Alongside me, as is tradition, my wonderful co-host, Bursch. How's it going, Bursch? What's happening? Glad to be back doing this episode with you again this week. Got a lot to talk about, I think. A lot of a lot of pressing issues with our Boston Bruins this week. It's a tough one, but plenty of time to get it right. Another day in paradise. Um, yeah. What is going on with the bees lately? I I, I don't even know what I'm saying. Honestly, the last two games, I would say that they are probably outplaying the competition. Um, they're not looking bad. They're generating good opportunities, but I don't know what's going on on the defensive system side of things. They are leaving these goaltenders. It doesn't matter who, whether it's Swayman or Allmark, they are leaving them completely out to dry. I feel like. Yeah, I totally agree with you. There's been a lot of, a lot of negatives coming out of the defensive corpse this week. And, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later, you know, when you talk about trade deadline and to what this team needs, but defensively as a whole, as a whole unit, they need to get better. And, you know, Saturday's game against Los Angeles was a basically put the issue front and center once again in a big spot. You know, again, we've talked about this throughout the season about them blowing leads late, not or failing to close out their leads late in the third periods of games against teams that they absolutely should be closing these types of games out, given the way that this team has played this year. And Saturday at home on home ice against Los Angeles. A lot of the same stuff, you know, a lot of those issues that we've said we hoped that they were going to outgrow the early season struggles with closing out games. We hope that they were going to, you know, kind of find their way to, to, you know, seal the deal when it mattered most. And these issues continue to creep back in more so more often now than it has, you know, throughout much of the other season, but you still saw through a good bulk of the season where every now and then you'd get these types of letdowns and now they're becoming more of a frequent occurrence, which is definitely a problem. Yeah. So right now they're in the midst of a seven game home streak, right? So that home streak started before we talked last week, Calgary flames, four to one loss. That's all right. It's one loss at home. You know, you turn the page and they answered incredibly strongly with a four, nothing win against the NHL leading Vancouver Canucks. All right. Crisis averted. They're back. Boston Bruins hockey, baby. Mm-hmm. They follow it up with a three to nothing loss to the Washington Capitals. Yep. Then they take in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Andre Vasilevsky absolutely stands on his head and steals a game against you know, we've talked about it a million times. The Boston Bruins are supposed to have two Vezina caliber goaltenders. Andre Vasilevsky showed them what it is like to be a true top tier goaltender in the NHL. And he stole that game for the Tampa Bay lightning. 
absolutely stellar performance by Andre Vasilevsky, who's had a rough season so far this year. He hasn't played great, but oh my God, that was a wonderful performance. Absolutely. And he's the type of goalie that if he, even if he's been subpar this year, he gets hot at the right time, come the playoffs, look out because he's the kind of guy that will do similar to what Sergei Bobrovsky did last year for the Florida Panthers and essentially carry a team deep into the playoffs. And yeah, you don't want him to get hot, especially, you know, coming out of the division. If the Bruins, you know, right now, I think as it stands, they're the first round matchup partner with the, with the Bruins is Tampa lightning. So you really don't want to see that happen because he is that type of goalie. Yeah. I've seen it be either Tampa Bay or Toronto right now. So, cause Boston, unfortunately at the time that we're recording, this is no longer first in the Atlantic division. The Florida Panthers have taken over that position. Um, and that's to be deserved after this skid, you know, Boston very much had the uh, first slot in their hands, but, uh, you know, this this adversity that they hit, it, it's cost them. Um, but, you know, on that point, we'll keep just continuing this quick synopsis of what's happened. So they lose to Tampa Bay, and they follow that up with a loss to the Seattle Kraken, a 4-1 to loss. And uh, I'll also say about that game, the Bruins absolutely deserved to win that game. They were far and away the better team. But it just kind of seems like the Boston Bruins have a roster of Daniel Paez out there right now, and they just can't quite convert on their opportunities. They hit a bunch of posts. Joey Decord, Boston product, played out of his mind that game, played a fantastic game, and the Seattle Kraken stole a game. And it's just it feels like it's more of the same right now for the Boston Bruins. Um, They had a serious conversation internally in boston with the leadership core and uh everybody was rather confident that they would turn the page and and move on from this subpar performance and what do they do they followed up with a game where they have a lead late in the third period against the la kings they take a terrible penalty with pavel zaka in the offensive zone the kings go on the power play late in the third they get the tying goal and whatever, Boston Bruins get a point. It's better than no points. Boston Bruins then generate a power play opportunity in overtime. All right, four on three. Put Pasta on the far side. Give it to him with the, uh, the one-timer. You're going to win nine times out of ten if you have a four on three in overtime with David Pasternak on the power play. I don't know how Dave Riddick, of all goalies, Big save, Dave. (laughs) That guy made that save. Amazing save. And then the Kings kill the penalty because for one reason or another, that's the only play the Boston Bruins have on the power play is go across for the one-timer for David Posternock. And coming out of the box, the Kings have a breakaway and the game's over. Like, it, it it just feels like the hits just keep coming for this team right now. Absolutely. You know, watching that power play in overtime, that one, that one shot that you just described, it's the only real solid scoring opportunity they had in those two minutes. Despite yeah. them trying, they were continuing to try to feed Pasternak to get that shot. There weren't a lot of, I mean, really any real shots, in, in my opinion, that just... They didn't, nothing stood out outside of that one play. And I thought it went in. I'll be honest with you. I thought it went in. And then I just started to kind of squeak out on the side of the net there. But going back to that Seattle game, that's the type of game that you kind of expect. We expected the team to have to play this type of year. You know, they're going to get a bunch of shots. They're going to be gritty, grindy type shots. And they're going to rely on their defense and their goaltending to keep a game close late, maybe they get get the push late in the game. This one kind of got away from them. You know, they took the lead early, and then it was just all downhill from there. Joey Decor did stand on his head, absolutely. But you got to find a way to finish. you got to find a way to finish. And we knew this team coming into the season, there was going to be a chance that this team was going to have trouble finishing. They were going to have to get the greasy, clean up the garbage in front of that type goals. And you're going to rely on your defense to... If you're going to lose a game, you're going to lose it 2-1. 
three two. You're not gonna get blown out four one like that. That that that's scary, especially against the Kraken, who I don't believe are sitting in a playoff spot right now. I think they're uh, the outside looking in. So just tough. It's tough to see. You know, let's talk about that clearing attempt against Los Angeles from Derek Forbert. You had Brandon Carl and Derek Forbert in the corner. It was. I don't believe it ended up being a power play goal, right? I don't believe it did. I think it ended up as like the power play expired or like right before it did. God, Puck's got to get out of the zone. You can't leave Anze Kopitar in front of the net all alone in front of your goalie because he's going to find a way to bury it. And it, all I had to do really is a simple tip to get it by Omark on that. Definitely not Omark's fault. Great redirect, great play by a veteran player for a long time in this league in Kopitar. But he just can't have it. That puck's got to get out. And if that puck doesn't get out, your two defensemen can't be caught in the corner. They, especially when you are coming off of a penalty kill. That can't happen. So, big yikes. Big red flag there defensively. Oh, my God. There's like a million times we could talk about Derek Forbert and big red <laughs> flags defensively. Between him and him and Kevin Shattenkirk lately, I, I don't even know what the hell's going on with this team. Yeah, it's it's tough because we came into the year expecting their defense to be their their strength. Their forwards were going to have be, have all the question marks around them, losing the big guys up front. And their goaltending was going to be their strength. And I mean, you look at the last week since this skid happened, and you look at the amount of goals that they're giving up. I mean, three plus in every one of them. That's not a recipe for success for this type of team. They're moving away from what this team is synonymous with. You know, the Boston Bruins have never been the most high-flying offensive team. Even last year, like, they had a really good line, and they were generating a lot of offense, but they were known for their ability to stifle the opposition's offense, right? They would muffle out any of the opposition's top lines. And it wasn't until the Florida Panthers figured out the, the recipe to shift this team out of their comfort zone that that was ever put into question. And this year, it seems like it started off more of the same. The Bruins were buying in. They were using their system to, you know, contain and deflect a lot of the uh, high danger chances. And in the last three weeks or so, the wheels just seem to have fallen off. And, Every time I see Derek Forbert and Kevin Shattenkirk on a deep pair together on that third pair, I shudder deep down inside. And and that's followed up with usually a red light going off behind the Boston Bruins goaltender there shortly after. It's those two guys cannot be playing with one another. It, it you need to have somebody mobile with one of those guys. You know, whether that's Matt Grizzlick or, you know, Charlie McAvoy or, or whatever. You need to have somebody that can actually skate with one of those two guys because neither one of them have it anymore. Because if a, if a winger on the other team gets going full speed down the wing, they're going to just be turned into a turnstile. And I've seen it multiple times mm-hmm. this year. It, it's just, it, it's a problem. And the Boston Bruins need to figure out a way to make sure that Kevin Shattenkirk and Derek Forbort are not on the ice at the same time, preferably not on the active roster at the same time uh, at any given point, and they need to figure it out fast. No, I agree with you, and it, it's got to kind of lead into another point here. I, I forget which team, it, which game it was that they were playing, and I don't recall the name. I know it was, uh, I think it might have been, Cal- it might have been Calgary, but it was when Derek Forbert was, you know, it was the guy was rushing down the, the edge and Forbert essentially played, I called it on Twitter, beer league defense, like just trying to keep the guy to the outside, not really being aggressive and not really skating. And then Swayman let in a squeaker, like a a really, really bad goal. If that continues, like that type of play continues, like that's a big problem, especially if your goaltender is not going to make the easy save. Yeah. And I I think that's a good point, Burge, because it's not just, one position that's really performing poorly lately. And I know Bears said, you know, we're not going to blame Linus for that game, but honestly, Linus is flopping around in his crease a bit in that game. Mm-hmm. He didn't know where his rebounds were and he panicked and he went into desperation mode where he does the snow angel to try to cover as much of the lower part of the net. That's not what we usually see from Linus Olmark. 
Jeremy Swayman on that exact play that Burge is alluding to. Noah Hannafin, a defenseman, blows down the right wing around Derek Forbert, who does his best George Lorac impression, <laughs> and lets him go right by him. And he lets a weak backhander go from a bad angle that somehow squeaks in. And it had, had it was honestly, I had shades of game seven against the Florida Panthers with some of the, the quality of the goaltending there. Jeremy Swayman did not look good on that. And he didn't look good on a couple of the other plays in that game either. Like nobody's playing great right now. It's not like we can definitively say this is on the defense. This is on the offense. This is on the goaltending. Every aspect of this team could play better right now and they need to play better right now. But I do also think that this is a a blessing in disguise. I've said sure. this before. I would rather them have to have a come to Jesus moment in their regular season mm-hmm. than when they're down three to one in the first round. So what yeah. are you going to do with this, Jim Montgomery? Jim, obviously, I don't know if you saw the reports, but Jim Montgomery in practice today going into the matinee tomorrow, which when you're listening to this, we're getting ready for matinee hockey on a, or sorry, matinee hockey on a Monday. Um, so you listen to it today, it's Tuesday, whatever happened on Monday. <laughs> Montgomery met with the leadership core of the Boston Bruins today, post-practice. And I believe that included Brandon Carlo, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, um, Hampus Lindholm. There was one other guy. Who am I McAvoy? missing? McAvoy. Charlie McAvoy. Yep. There you go. So um, the reporters asked him about it post-practice. You know, what was the message? to that leadership core and Jim Montgomery said, we're going to keep that internal for now. Probably smart. You know, just real quick before we, we, before I get into that, you know, you talk about that play again. I don't want to harp on the one play by Forbert in the Calgary game, but like, I don't have a problem with a defenseman playing the outside like that. But if your goaltender's not playing well enough to make the save, the play doesn't work. Then you're both at fault because you're, you're not aggressive enough. So, like, that type of play works when the machine is running and turning on all, and firing on all cylinders. But this 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 isn't what it is right now. I hope what Montgomery said to those guys kind of lights a fire under their ass because they absolutely need it. They have a very, very tough test against Dallas and that Matt May. Dallas probably one of the – probably the toughest team out of the West right now, in my opinion. Outside of maybe Vancouver? Outside of Vancouver, but, like, Dallas is leading their division. They're second in the conference right now in the West. A very strong conference, if if I might throw my opinion in there. Like it's a huge test coming off this. They they need to end the homestand right by it. Yeah. You know, even if they don't find a way to win, they lose in overtime or something. But it, it needs to look better. Like like I'm at the point now. Like your point on the adversity. They're they're dealing with the adversity now. That's what we've said all year. They need. We want to see them see it. Yeah, but they gotta they gotta clot the bleeding here a little bit. Do something with it. They need to they need to stop the bleeding and start the healing process and moving forward. And this is a perfect opportunity to end right before yeah, thoughts, they're gonna. Thoughts and prayers for the Boston Bruins, guys. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> you know, it, it's a it's a great opportunity for them. So let's see how they look coming out. I mean, matinee games, they always, you always see the team play differently in matinee games. It, it seems like that is, I mean, players aren't used to playing at 1230, one o'clock in the afternoon. They're professionals. They should be ready, but your body still feels it right. You would expect. So let's see, let's see what they look like. And I'm going to pose a question to you. How do you fix this? How do you fi- How would you fix this right now? With everybody who's in house, I'm not talking about external moves or anything like that. But yeah, how would yeah. You well, I mean, I've already alluded to the fact that I want one yeah. of those old bastards stapled to the bench, preferably on the ninth floor. So, I personally, I think Kevin Shattenkirk provides more utility than Derek Forbert right now. Everybody is just so infatuated with the fact that Derek Derek Forbert had such of a darling analytics in in regards to you know, uh, defensive side of things Mm -hmm. and his PK numbers, they're not there this year. They haven't been here all year. And I understand he was coming off an injury in the off season and everything like that, but I, we're not in the business of holding people's hands and waiting for them to get back to where they were at. This is a, what have you done for me lately business, right? You know, 
you've got to put you got to honestly in my opinion you wave Derek Forbert you wave his ass and you bury him in Providence because nobody's going to go ahead and pick him up and and I understand it sucks to have our salary cap a portion of it just unavailable now because you have Derek Forbort in Providence but he's actively hurting you when he's on the ice right now so you're better off playing and I've I've shit on this kid before on the podcast and and my tone's starting to change. You you play Parker Wortherspoon mm-hmm. over Derek Forbert right now. You keep Kevin Shattenkirk out there and you play him with somebody that's mobile because he can still provide a lot of utility on the second power play unit that none of our other defensemen are able to do. I don't know what the hell happened to Hampus Lindholm. That guy can't get a shot on net anymore to save his life. He's pretending like he's like a shorter Zidane Chara or something now. And it's just not working. So, yeah. A long-winded way of answering your question, Burge, is you keep Kevin Shattenkirk on the third pair. You wave Derek forward, put him back in Providence. Put him on the third pair in Providence. Let him be a PK guy there. <laughs> and you play Parker Warlespoon. If they can somehow figure out the cap space situation, um, Mason Lorai's playing pretty well down in Providence right now. Mm-hmm. Get him up. Let him play. Get, uh, you know... And I don't really give a shit at this point. Just <laughs> fucking get rid of Derek forward. Would you consider starting to ride one of the goalies at this point to stop the bleeding? See if they no, get, cause get, both get of them are rhythm? playing like dog water right now. In my opinion, that could, and, and this is maybe a, a stretch, but that could be because they aren't getting their rhythm. They're not afforded an opportunity to get into a rhythm because they're just sitting on the bench every other game. I'm, I'm saying maybe you don't just pick one and just go with it for the rest of the season. But try to pick one and see if you can get him into a little bit of Honestly, a rhythm for a couple of games. The first one that wants to win a game, let's see it. I don't give a shit at this sure. point. Like Perfect. Linus Olmark, you go out there and get a shout out, get another game. Jeremy Swayman, you go out and get a shout out, get another game. I don't give a shit. Somebody show that you want this crease. Right. Exactly. And you know what? You want to alternate while they keep losing? Fine. But the first one to win, give him the second start. See what happens. If he loses that one, you go right back. Some just prove that you want the crease because neither of these guys look like they really give a shit right now. And I've said it already. It's not the forwards exclusively. It's not the defense exclusively. And I'm not blaming the goaltenders. Yeah, me either. But for God's sake, somebody, you guys are all professionals. You're all in the NHL. Somebody show like you want to be the best player in the world right now, please. Because every one of you guys, if I played against you, you'd kick the shit out of me. Like, do the same <laughs> okay. thing to everyone else, please, for fuck's sakes. Um, so we already broke down the slide that we've been doing. The slide that the Boston Bruins have been not so enjoying. Well, I was uh I was in the house there for the Tampa Bay Lightning game. I brought our good friend uh Jared, who guested on the uh, show at the Back Hill Beer Company. Um, I was the designated driver and you know, we're in a pickle when I'm the DD, you know, <laughs> yeah. not, not a great situation there, but, uh, um, I behaved myself. I limited myself and I was responsible. Everyone, please be responsible Two pad stack endorses responsibility with drinking and driving. Um, but anyway, we went down and before the game Bjorn, if you're hearing this, I apologize. My great Dane is barking upstairs. <laughs> he is very loud. Um, so yeah, if you like Bjorn content, I do post it on Twitter. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, some great, great Dane content and my two German shepherds have behaved themselves a little bit more. Um, anyways, so me and Jared went down to the game against the Tampa Bay lightning and it was his first time ever in TD garden. That's Never awesome. been That's in awesome. TD garden. And uh, on our way down there, we stopped at Treehouse in Tewksbury. So Jared helped himself to three double or triple IPAs. My man. And I had a I had a couple of them, and and I also had a really good alt beer, which is a it was like a, a I don't even know how to explain it. Essentially, alt is the word in German for old. Um. So essentially, I guess I'm saying I had an old beer, but what <laughs> it is it's an old style of beer. Um, it looked like a stout. It was all black, but it drank smooth like a lager. That's awesome. It was the weirdest thing. It was wicked good, though, like really good beer. Um, but really super impressed. Taproom was beautiful down there. It was gorgeous, really convenient. It was about an hour, 15-minute drive from my house to get down there to Treehouse Tewksbury. 
and uh we went there on a tuesday afternoon at like 4 30 p.m there was like nobody in the tap room no wait wow, or anything that's awesome that's awesome it was fantastic so pizza was good too we we had a bite to eat there um and then we drove down to the garden and uh, had a good time but yeah jared walking into the garden and seeing the bobby Orr statue and then walking down through the just the the gates to get down to your seats seeing the ice surface he's like man this is a lot different live than what it is on tv and it, <laughs> it really brought me back to when i was a kid right and you know, on my first game that I went to for the Boston Bruins, I was probably about 13, 14 years old. And it was almost like a, it was like a religious experience for me because I had been watching the, the team on TV religiously every single game, every shift, every, every play. But when you're able to bridge that gap between what you see on TV and what you see in real life, in person, and you have that line of sight directly down there to the the play on the ice. It was a pretty crazy experience. And I really, I, I think it was kind of like a pilgrimage for me when I was a kid. Absolutely. I dude, I remember mine. I was lucky. My uncle worked for Converse at the time and he had a box. Oh, think, nice. Like my 10th birthday. Like he gave me two tickets. I got to bring a friend. I went with him, my dad and my friend got to sit in the box. So I was like spoiled from the beginning. Um, I don't honestly, I don't remember much from the actual game because it was so long ago and be probably because I was just like in awe as to what it was like. I remember like right when the fleet center at the time had opened, I went there, but it was for like Disney on ice for like my sisters. And I was like, yeah. I just want to go to a hockey game. I got like, it was the, it was the year uh, of the all-star game. I have like a goalie stick from the pro shop that has like the 1996 all-star nice. game and it's got the logo and it says fleet center. But yeah, having that experience to go to the garden, it, it really is so different to go watch a hockey game in person versus watching it on TV. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a big football fan. I prefer to watch football on TV. It's nice to go to a game every now and then, but it's better to watch it on TV. Hockey's complete opposite for me. Oh, yeah. 100%. And it's a lot of fun, though. Like, just seeing the difference between hockey on TV. And and it is hard for people that don't know hockey to watch it on TV and understand what's really going on. Mm -hmm. They just see players skating one way, players skating the other way. And it's, uh, it's really difficult to understand. But everything starts to click when you get these people in an actual live barn and they have the autonomy to look around and, and analyze the game at their own pace mm-hmm. with their own field of vision. Like for example, I, I just, I, I put it on social media. I was at the uh, um, BU versus Providence game last night. I ended up going to that game with my mother. I went with my uncle who has started to get into hockey. My uncle is pretty well regarded. My mother is exposed to hockey because she, you'll know this. She was one of those moms that brought a cowbell to youth hockey games. Every time, <laughs> yeah. I, every time I made a save, the fucking cowbell yeah. would go. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh I yeah. So that. yeah. So she she was like trying to explain hockey and everything. And then I went with my cousin, and this is the fun part of this the story I'm telling right now. My cousin has never been to a hockey game in his life, and he's like, he's 39. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, he's my older cousin. Um, They have like three rules in their household. I think he was telling me yesterday. Number one, no drugs. Number two, no animals with ugly naked tails. And number three, no hockey. Oh, no hockey in that household. So I haven't had my chance to really convert them on that third rule yet. (laughs) But if that tells you anything about his level of exposure to hockey, um there's there's all the story you need um so it's his birthday and his father my uncle is bringing us all to this game for his birthday it's been about 10 years since i've actually seen my cousin so it was a good chance for me to catch up with him spend time with him but he's sitting there and he's a software engineer really sharp guy spent about 20 years in the u.s navy as a nuclear engineer oh wow um and yeah, you could, he's fucking short. No wonder he belonged to the sub. <laughs> like I'm not a tall guy. You've seen firsthand, Burge. Yeah. I'm like five ten, but my 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 cousin is like probably five six. He's like literally. I mean, it's nice to feel like you're a tall guy for once in your life. I'll say that. <laughs> um, 
but he's there and he's like, so what's the red line for? What's the, what are those blue lines for? You know, what's icing? What's, what's offside? But you could see it click really quickly for him as he was putting these things together. And as soon as it was a shorthanded scenario and like BU would ice the puck down, he looked at me, he's like, I thought that was icing. I was like, not, not when it's shorthanded. <laughs> you, you can do that when you're shorthanded. He's like, oh, that makes no sense. I was like, it, it kind of doesn't, but like, you also got to make sure that your PK who are already shorthanded get an opportunity to get a line change. So it, 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 it's, this is a long way of me saying it is such a fun sport to bring people to oh, yeah. live when they haven't been exposed to it. It's a much, it, it's an exponentially better experience for people that don't know the sport than sitting them down in front of a TV and forcing them to listen to Jack Edwards slur his words for two hours. Uh, no, when you go to a game, you can see the whole ice surface. So you can see plays develop and you can actually like point it out to people, you know, that may not be as versed in the game as you are. And you can see, Hey, this is what's called a cycle. You can see them cycling the puck in the corner and, you know, you can see them doing an umbrella power play. All dump that. and you chase can... pucks and bodies. Yes. Dump and chase. Exactly. You don't get that when you're watching it on TV. Like you said, you're watching them go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So definitely something that's awesome to do. I can't wait to do it with my kids. Like I already like started exposing. I'm actually going to take my two-year-old to, or I'm sorry, my three-year-old. Jeez, I'm getting old, man. Uh, to the hockey rink next week, put him on skates, <laughs> take him on the ice for the first time. So We'll see how that goes. I don't think he's going to like it very much at first. He's kind of a little timid when it comes to that stuff, but regardless, we'll he'll see me out there and he'll love it and we'll see what we can do with him. It is so good when you get the kids into hockey and I actually just so everybody if you've been listening for a while, you know that I coach my daughter in intro to hockey right now. She's uh she actually just turned 7. She's having a wonderful time with it. She's starting to become like a power skater out there. Like <laughs> she's pushing the pace. So she thinks that she can beat me in a race already. I'm like, I might be a goalie and I might be fat now, kid, but like I can still get some powerful strides out here. And I actually know how to do crossovers. You do not know. How to do that. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. She's going to get there soon. You're believe me. You soon. Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> yeah. She's going to be able to beat me soon. But, uh, um it, things are going awesome with that and she actually we just signed her up for tryouts that's going on on march 4th for next year's team uh-huh. so she's going to be trying out for one of the three rochester youth teams here going i i i don't know i haven't seen her compared to the kids that are already on the mites teams um but i i'm kind of hoping that maybe she can contend for the higher end mites team, but uh, it's only a matter of time. Like, like I'm seeing her and and we just, the, uh, the head coach of intro to hockey had to leave halfway through on Saturday. So I ended up taking over the whole practice and running it myself. And we ran a half ice scrimmage. And instead of those blue pucks, you remember the blue pucks, the lightweight pucks, Burge? They, they seen didn't have the, I've seen them, but they never had them when I was playing. When yeah. Was so they, they have the blue lightweight pucks. And, uh, I managed to, we managed to not use that for the scrimmage. So I made Amelia and the rest of the intro to hockey program use a regular puck for this practice and this scrimmage. And Amelia, she says to me after the, after the hockey game, she's like, dad, that puck was heavy. I was and I, I showed her a clip. There was a PWHL or uh uh NCAA D1 women's clip. I think actually I think it was NCAA D1 women's clip. It was Ohio State University, the Buckeyes. And this this girl, this woman, she went between the legs and top cheese <laughs> on this clip. And I showed that to Amelia. I was like, You keep working at this shit. Like, this is the stuff you can do. Exactly. And she exactly. was like I want to do that, Dad. I was like, I'm sure you can't, kid, and I really hope you do. But yeah, yeah things are going awesome. Really having a lot of fun, and uh, it's going to be hard for me because I've been on the ice every session with her. Um, when when tryouts happen, I'm not allowed to be on the ice. I have to sit in the stands like a normal parent. 
you going to coach mites? I did sign up for coaching. Yep. Not uh, a head coach. No. I'm not going to head coach. I'm going to be an assistant coach. I'll work with the goalie, whoever gets tabbed on the shoulder to be a goalie for that day. Cause they're going to rotate goaltenders. That's how it was. When be I pretty played. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on that note, um, let's go ahead and send you over to our primary sponsor for today. Uh, DraftKings. So we're going to send you over there right now. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. For example, you could have gotten the Boston Bruins at negative uh, minus 130 against the Dallas Stars or the Toronto Maple Leafs at minus 166 against the St. Louis Blues on Monday. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. There's been some other news going on in the Boston Bruins world. Why don't you dive in and tell me a little bit about some waivers activity this week here, Burge? Oscar Steen put on waivers. <laughs> we told you it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. You know, when we, when he was called up, we were like, there was a big uproar with, with, the uh with the Bruins fan base that he was gonna be finally here to stay. Very underwhelming when he was here, wouldn't you say, Ace? Almost like he was a tweener and shouldn't have really been here in the beginning. Absolutely. Honestly, like all the credit to Oscar Steen in the world, the guy earned an opportunity, and holy shit, I don't know what he did, but he he milked it for all it was worth. He stayed here for quite a while. I think how many games was he here? Like 34. 30s, 34 games. And how many points did he get, Birch? Uno. One point. One goal. Wow. Capali. Definitely didn't definitely didn't see, you know, didn't see him contributing that much more than that. I did expect more, even though he was up here. You know, again, kudos to him for, like you said, deserved the opportunity, but it was time, and I think they made the right decision sending him down, putting him on waivers, risking losing him. I don't think anybody's going to pick him. I won't, I won't be surprised if somebody claims him, but, you know, you never know. You never know how the waiver game works. But the roster spot is too valuable. It's too valuable. There's guys down in Providence, you know, like Johnny Beecher, who we'd like to see probably make make it up here a little bit more. Again, he started out up here this year. That I, don't, spot, I honestly don't think he – he shouldn't have ever gone down. No, I agree. Agree with you hundred percent, but I think it was more cap driven as to yeah. why he was sent down. Yeah. Hopefully they can make the cap work now to get him back here. Cause like I said, I think that he is deserving of a spot on this roster. Steen had his chance. Didn't do a whole heck of a lot with that. I mean, nine minutes a night average throughout his 34 games. Had one point to show for it, it was minus two. Let's move on to the next one. That's how, that's where I stand. I mean, I yeah. like said tweener. I just, I don't understand his legion of adoring fans. I, I It doesn't make sense to me. Like I said it before. The guy is a AHL, NHL tweener, and he could go back home to Sweden and be a top line player in the SHL. 
but he wants to try to play here in North America and make an NHL. So I can't blame it, man. Even yeah, as like a either. as a fourth line winger, you're making like 700k. Like it's not a bad. Uh, I wish I made 700k a year. Me too. <laughs> like fuck. Like it's that's not bad at all. But like uh, he's just he doesn't move the needle for me, and he hasn't all year. And I think he's a good complimentary player when he's playing with other play driving players. And when you have a fourth line of Jacob Lauco and who who's even centering right now on that fourth line. The names, the names escaping me too, man. I like, know, like what does that even, maybe we're just terrible Bruins fans. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't have a podcast. I don't know. Uh, God, I got to pull that up now. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it up right now. Roster. <laughs> I, I this is great content. No, Hyman's not centering it. Boquist, Boquist, oh, Boquist. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right, we'll take our shame pill for the day, right there. I'm just gonna delete this. We're gonna edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We're leaving it in. We're leaving it in. Fuck it. We're doing it live. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that tells you all you need to know. Like that line. There's no play driver in it, and you know, Oscar Steen cannot be a a contributing member when you ask Oscar Steen, Oscar Steen. Oh my God. Have another one. Ace Oscar Steen. There we go. To drive a line. It's not going to happen. Um, With that said, what are your thoughts, Burst? Do you think, do you think the team needs a little more toughness in the lineup right now? Yes. But I don't know if it's exactly the top need right now. Like, I think like we just went through talking about, the issues on defense, you know, we've talked about, you know, what this team may need come trade deadline. And we were all saying, yeah, let's get some depth depth on the forward side. Now I'm looking to like, they need a little bit more. If I got to pick and choose that I would rather have a de- a defender in there. This team has shown that they can score throughout a large portion of the season. Obviously the slide has, you know, shown a little bit of, of, of issues there, but even so on Saturday, they put, they put four goals. That should be enough to win a game. It should absolutely be enough like, to win a game, especially with the elite goaltending tandem that they have. And you add a little bit more defense into that. They probably win that game. So I I'm probably shifting my focus at this trade deadline. I'm, I still think they need to add forward and def- forward as well. Like, but maybe I'm walking back what I kind of expect. Like, like well, I think it was either the last episode or the one before I was like, I want Vladimir Tarasenko here. I'm probably pumping the brakes on that a little bit, given what he's going to cost because I want to save a little bit to invest a little bit into that defense. Yeah. Defense, yeah. defense, defense wins championships at the end of the day. So, it does. And that's a good point there. It's very closely tied to the tweet that went out today from Dominic Tiano, who I have known for a long time from his uh, contributions on the forums, HF boards. I have uh, been a member there on HF boards for about 20 years now. Holy shit. I'm that old. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) You're older than me. Shut up. I know. Um, But yeah, Dom Tiano was saying that there are rumors that the Boston Bruins are interested in Alexander Carrier from the Nashville Predators. And based upon my initial research and and some of the stuff I saw on social media, he's a top four defenseman mm-hmm. based on his analytics, um, which I wouldn't have imagined. And I was able to pull up very quickly from a Google search when I saw this tweet, because candidly, I wasn't tremendously well-versed with the player. Um, the guy's willing to drop the mitts to protect his teammates. And I think if we can take some of that pressure off of elite sniper Trent Frederick and have somebody that's willing to drop the gloves and play a solid like two-way game and, and keep Derek forward off the ice. That's a win. That's a ginormous win. And I think that as your point right there, Burge, you know, I think uh, uh, a top tier name like Vladimir Tarasenko, he's not even like a top tier player anymore, nope. but he still has that, that pedigree of a name like that is a player that's associated with elite scoring, right? He's a sniper. That's not going to be a player. The Boston Bruins are going to be bringing in, I think on March 8th or whenever the deadline is, you're going to be looking at under the radar guys that people like me, who I think I know a little bit about the NHL. 
I had no idea who Alexander Carrier is. Those are going to be the guys that the Boston Bruins are coveting at the trade deadline. Absolutely. And you sent me a clip of, of, of a fight. I believe he was fighting Rob Flick back. It might've been an AHL fight if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yeah. But man, the guy is tough. And, you know, his offensive numbers, you know, he's played basically one full season in the league. He played half the year last year. I'm guessing he got hurt. Honestly, I don't know. Again, I don't know a lot about the player. But four goals and 11 assists this year, you know, in 50 games. He's a plus two. He's better than Matt Grizzly. Yeah. I mean, he's only 27 years old right now. He turned 27 at the beginning of the year. So he's still, he's, you're not acquiring an aging veteran, you know, with this player. Um, I'm, Looking up his uh, his contract, but he makes I think his salary is uh, I think it's like two point five or something like that. Yeah, yeah and it, it's a one year deal or something. But yeah. but that is the exact player that Don Sweeney yeah. covets. He he covets somebody that he can bring in and not just rent, but extend. And it's no different than Hampus Lindholm. It's no different than you know. Obviously, it didn't happen last year due to the the cap situation. But you can't tell me that Don Sweeney wouldn't have wanted to extend. Dmitry Orlov or Absolutely. Tyler Bertuzzi or Garnet Hathaway. But those guys came in here, played a heck of a job, did a heck of a job, and they earned themselves a big raise. And we were not in the position to give anybody a raise. But a player like Alexander Carrier is 100% the kind of player that I could see Don Sweeney targeting. And then on the offensive side of things, too, it's going to be a player that nobody expects, I think that he brings in here to kind of supplement that third or fourth line. And I'm really intrigued to see what he does. And, and it honestly wouldn't surprise me if it is a hockey trip. We talked about this a million times I and I feel like I, I don't want to regurgitate the same shit we've already said, but like this carrier carrier deal, if it happens, it wouldn't surprise me if it's like a Matt Grizzly and a third round pick for carrier, because I can see Barry Trotz over there in Nashville saying, all right, Grizzlick has had a rough season. That's not a secret to anybody. But if you look at his analytics, he's had some really, really good seasons as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe a change of scenery can bring Matt Grizzlick back into what he can be. Maybe he needs to get out of that pressure cooker that's in Boston as being a hometown kid. Who knows? But I think that some other GMs, and I'm thinking with my GM cap on, Matt Grizzlick is a guy that I could see some value in, potentially uncapped as a, as an opportunity to supplement my current team without going straight to the draft pick route. Absolutely. And I think another team could be, you could see somebody who may is probably out of the playoff picture. Cause that's more or less what you're looking at with these teams that the Bruins are going to be dealing with, but he's a guy that, Hey, I can take a shot on it. See if I can get something on him, and then we can move forward in the off season and make a decision at that point. Yeah, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see what they do at the deadline. We're coming up here. I mean, we're uh, how far are we? How many how many weeks we got? Like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks maybe. It's coming up. It's so coming we've got up. maybe two or three more episodes before it's the deadline. So um, there was a tweet out uh, that the Boston Bruins are signing Justin Brezzo to a two-way deal and potentially calling him up for his first NHL game as early as tomorrow or, you know, we'll say Monday for those of you that are listening. Um, it kind of is tied into that question that I threw at you earlier. Do the Bruins need toughness? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pretending that Justin Brezzo is like a fighter or a goon or anything like that. He's a power forward. And he's not afraid of enforcing his will out there. And I think somebody like that on the fourth line is always a good thing. So I'm 100% for it. At this point, let's try whatever we can yep. to generate some offense. And let's see what the kid has. And I really, uh, I'm intrigued to see if the reports are true. Absolutely. You you want to have that kind of physical presence from your fourth line, you know, the checking line if you will, you want to see that kind of, that kind of fast paced, hard, hard nose, physical play 
from that line. And anybody that can bring that type of presence is welcome for me. Like you said, I'm willing to try anything at this point just to get out of the slide and start turning the corner and getting things right as you come down the stretch. Yeah, and it's uh... – I mean, I already saw all the tweets that are saying they're responding to that report and they're saying, well, why, why would you do Brazil and not Fabian Lysel? Fabian Lysel has been playing great lately. Lovely. Fabian Lysel has not always been playing great in Providence. Mm-hmm. And I would love for him to continue playing great in Providence. Get your confidence up, kid. Keep it going. Be that top line winger in the Providence uh, in, in the Providence Bruins. And I want you to keep doing that. Right now, we don't need a Fabian Lysol. We already have one David Pasternak. And right now, David Pasternak is making me bash my head against the wall with how many fucking turnovers he's having without the offensive product. I can I can be okay with all the turnovers when he's scoring a goal a game. He's not scoring a goal a game right now. And he's a liability, a liability out there right now. It, it is hard to watch him right now. And I, I, well, I mean, before I keep going, are you are you aligned with me on this? Hundred percent. These people that are calling to bring him up, first of all, he's not the type of player that you need on this roster right now. Second, the kid's developing; he's playing well now for a short stretch. You want to continue that positive upward trend. You know, I when I interviewed uh, Shane Malloy for, uh, um, from SiriusXM, kind of said the same thing, like. If he's a 19, 20 year old kid and he's making the NHL, you're getting like plus money with that. You need to let the kid develop. And some of these guys are are quicker than others. Fabian LaSalle obviously has indicated that he is not that type of development for a player. Let him continue to grow because you're going to want him to be a focal piece on this team. Grinds my gears when people just start throwing the names out there of the shiny first round pick in Providence. But, like, you got to examine the type of player that he is and examine the development trend that he's had. He needs the, those those top minutes down there. Up here, he's not going to play nearly as much. I want him getting the ice time and to continue to grow as a player so that in a year or two, he can be a real contributor to this to the big league club. Sorry. And no, I, I, I love it. I love it. I'd rather you rant more often so I don't have to do it all the time. <laughs> um, Justin Brazo, I'm going back here. He's a tough cookie, but he's not like a piece of shit on regards to his offensive production either. So this year he's played 49 games for the Providence Bruins. He's got 37 points. Pretty good. He's got 18 goals, 19 assists. Perfect little mix of offensive production. Plus 24 and plus minus. I know plus minus is not a big important stat, but when you're plus 24, that shows that you're producing a hell of a lot more on the ice than what you're giving up. Mm-hmm. And that's a good indication that you know how to play on a line productively. So totally agree. Um, he's got four game winning goals already for the Providence Bruins. The guy is a good fit. He's six, five has some size. Didn't know he was that big. <laughs> Two forty-five pounds. It's a big boy big boy and i think he could definitely bring some value to that bottom six so and i would like i said i would like to bring some pressure off of trent frederick because i'm not as big as fan freddie's having a hell of a year mm-hmm. facts he's having a heck of a year and I'll, I'll be the first one to be like i was fucking wrong i was wrong about trent frederick so i would rather him be on the ice more right now than in the box for five minutes fighting Absolutely. I'd rather him be focusing on his offense. You know what I mean? Like rather than having to feel like he's got to police the police, the ice for this team and get somebody else up here that can fit that role and take it off of Trent's hands a little bit. I don't, I'm not saying I want Trent Trent to remove that from his game completely. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. But like he can tone it down a little bit. So he's not spending so much time in the penalty box. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts. Have you watched any of the stadium series games? I have not watched any of them. The NHL really has watered down the product <laughs> of the outdoor game. They got a little greedy. How cool, how cool was it back in you know 10 years ago when you had one one outdoor game in North America and one outdoor game in Canada a year? 
It was like a spectacle. You looked forward to it. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, you got five, whatever many of them. I don't know. It's anything more than like the Winter Classic and the Heritage Classic that they. I think there's like four outdoor games a year right it's now. Ridiculous to me, especially when you're putting it in like L.A. Like. Yeah. So you've got the Winter Classic, which is the premier one allegedly. You have the Heritage Classic, which is the Canadian one. Yep. Because it's not fair for those wonderful fans in Canada to be ignored. And then you have the stadium series. So it's usually three games, but this year I actually think that they're doing something cool and innovative with the stadium series because it's taking place at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, home of the Giants and the Jets, I believe. Is that the, is that correct? Yep. Because both those teams can't find their own fucking stadium. They got to share one. Yep. Um, but what they've done is they've put together two games instead of just one. So last night they had the New Jersey Devils against the Philadelphia Flyers. And then today, as we record, they had the New York Islanders versus the New York Rangers. So I think it was really cool the fact that they used the footprint to do two games. But the ball was dropped because I think that they should have had a little mini in-season tournament of two v two and then have the winners of the two games play each other and have it count as a regular season game why not i see you shaking your fucking head do you want to be the nba with their i'm not saying it entirely tournament like but it would give a little bit more oomph to those two games maybe for again i'm diehard so maybe the casuals appeal to it more but again like it used to be an like an honor to play in the winter classic like it used to be like Oh, you're gonna get to. Go you mean the, to the Chicago Blackhawks Invitational? Fine, whatever, whatever. But it used to be an honor for your those players to play in these these outdoor games. Like you, you used to hear, they used to have the whole series, like the twenty four seven series, following the teams and the lead up to the to the Winter Classic. It was great. It was outstanding content for the league. And now they just water the damn product down by having multiple games outdoors. I. One of my good friends is a Philadelphia fan. He was at the game at MetLife last night. He told me he'd never do another outdoor game again. He said the wind, the wind was going on. And I'm like, it's cool to experience it once, but like him and I both agree, like they've watered the product down so much that like the allure to playing an outdoor hockey game is essentially gone, at least for me, because you don't have that one spectacle. Like I, I could care less about the, I couldn't care less about the, the winter classic now. Like, if the Bruins aren't in it, I'm not going out of my way to watch it because, again, the allure is gone. They have so many of these outdoor games. Oh, I missed the Winter Classic. I'll watch the next one. And I get it. I get it. Like, I still think that there's a lot of allure to these games. I think that they the NHL needs to do a better job of marketing them. And it needs to be done. The, the Heritage Classic, I don't really give a shit about. I'm not a Canadian. But, like, for that market, it's very important for the for the original six teams here in the states: New York, Detroit, Boston. You know, I think Chicago. I don't know why I almost forgot Chicago. The Winter Classic should almost be exclusively of those four teams, in my opinion. Six. No, no, not the Canadian teams. They can do. Oh, Heritage you're right. Classic. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Um. So do winter classics with those four teams. Stadium series games. Those are anyone else. Anyone else can have one of those a year. And the thing is, is that they don't need to be a big national spectacle. Those games are about providing those markets a localized, specialized experience. Empowering those fans that maybe haven't had that experience before. And then don't even you don't even need to televise that shit nationally, honestly, at this point, because the ratings are so bad. But those fans really, really buy into it locally. You ask all those people other than your friend, you ask all those friends in New Jersey, all those friends, all those people in New Jersey, what they thought about the stadium series game. They're all going to say immaculate things. They're all going to have a lot of fun and a really good time. Um, Stop putting them in baseball stadiums. Oh, please. God. Don't even get me started on that. Please. I went to the last game. I couldn't see shit. 
I drank enough to make it fun. Um, don't do it anymore. Just put it, keep putting them in football stadiums where the higher up you go, the better the seat is because you can't see shit in baseball stadiums. Dude, you go to Fenway Park. I went there to watch like a college outdoor series, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. I sat behind a freaking pole. Like I had a pole bar blocking half of the rink. It's like, what? why? I was like, I'll never go to, a, I'll never go to an outdoor hockey game at, at Fenway again. And I know they do it a lot for hockey East. I don't think it's, I don't know. It might even be a yearly thing for hockey East. Now I'm not hundred percent sure, but it happens so often. Like don't, and, don't. you know, you, 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 you bring up a point about the other markets. Fine. Like you want to nationally tell not nationally televise it and not make a whole spectacle out of it. I could probably get in, get in on that, but like they need, they need the, the winter classic used to be, like I said, this big, awesome, awesome moment for the league to celebrate it almost it's heritage like you know take the word from a heritage classic but like outdoor playing on the pond with your buddies like that was the whole point of it and now that they do so many of them it's it, it's it, it, the allure is gone like why has there not been a boston bruins at new york rangers at yankee stadium yet or i know i just said no baseball stadiums but the whole red sox yankees rivalry like that's it's a perfect right winter classic right there. It's perfect. perfect. Winter classic. It's literally, it's storybook. Original six teams, American teams. These are the things you got to do. I don't want to see Chicago Blackhawks hosting the St. Louis fucking Blues. I don't give a shit. I've seen Chicago eight times. At least give me like a compelling opponent that's in the original six. So, and rant, whatever. As much I'm, as I I'm hate done. Buffalo, as much as I hate Buffalo and that city up there, like give them a winter classic too. Like that's a that's a hockey city up there. Like stadium series. Think, I'll even give them a winter classic. Like I know it goes against what you just said, but like that Pittsburgh. I think it was Pittsburgh Buffalo that winter. One of the first winter classics that they did. The first winter classic. Yeah, with all the snow that was coming down and and everything. Oh, that was that was perfect. That was exactly what what the winter classic needs to be. I'm done. I'm yeah, the Sabres need to prove that they can form a that I agree with it. That organization I agree before it. they get a winter classic. That's what I, I do agree. With <laughs> um, before we wrap up today, do you want to talk about Yarmir Yager having his number retired? No, I just I wanted to touch on that because he's you know he played here for part of one season, went to a Stanley Cup final. So what a career that dude had. Guy's still playing professionally over in the Czech. What a salute! When like that 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 goal, Sally, yeah. fucking iconic. The fucking Yager salute. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And you know, you look at his numbers. Like he left the NHL, I think, for like five years, four or five years in the you know at the end of the two thousands to go over to play in the KHL. And he came back, and he was still like this unbelievable player. He played till he was what forty five or forty six in the NHL. Fifty. He played until no. he was oh in the, in the NHL. Yeah, like he's still playing. Yeah. He's still playing. He's still playing. And I think. <laughs> I've heard it's only because he owes so many people money from gambling that Maybe. he's still playing. But, he but owns I love that guy. I love it. He owns the team he's playing for over there. So, like, he's just the owner. Oh, player. yeah. Cladno. Cladno yeah. HC, yeah. So, I thought the way the Pittsburgh Penguins handled the whole thing with him going to practice with them, going yeah. up tonight, tonight for warm-ups, everybody wearing the mullet. The, the mullets. I thought they it was got Sidney Crosby wearing one of the mullets. I love it. I know it was. I'm, I I think they executed that whole thing, the whole way to honor him perfectly. I think it was an unbelievable thing to honor one of the game's greatest players. So hats off to them. Hats off to Yager. You know, I loved. Him. I wanted them to resign him when he was here. Loved having him on that team. Great that he was involved in do that. You, do you remember comeback. in the Cup final in '19, where they had all the players from the Boston Bruins and the Chicago Blackhawks? They were on camera and they were like, tell me your favorite player growing up. And like three of the Bruins were like Yarmir Yager. And then it pans to Yarmir Yager. Yeah. And he's got the big shit eating grin on his face. And he's like, my favorite player growing up was Yarmir Yager. <laughs> just, just an awesome, awesome thing. I, like I said, I wanted him to, to, re-up here when when he was here it was great to watch him so hats yeah. off to him hats off to him yeah congrats Yarmir great to see you there and get your uh get your recognition um hats off to the penguins for doing a great job with that event um and hats off to you guys for listening to us for once again appreciate you guys tuning in to episode 29 of the two bad sack podcast 
Um, we will go ahead and see you next time. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the Two Pad Stack. Our passion is hockey. From Beer League to the Bruins, we friggin' love it. We love the Patriots, too. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter and TikTok at 2 Pod, And find the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching 2 Stack. See you next time on the 2 Stack. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.